Now um, we are lucky to have Lauren Bondley share her experiences with us. Lauren is the Arizona State Contact for the Women's Declaration International, as well as a former age group national team and age group national champion in triathlon. She is going to talk about the new identity categories promoted by USA Triathlon at the recent national championships, which she attended, as well as the disappointing regulations from World Triathlon after British Triathlon did formally protect female athletes. Lauren is beginning to organize our ICONS triathlon group, and she will speak about what she has learned about advocating for women's rights by working with the feminist organization, Women's Declaration International. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Kim. Uh, as she said, my name is Lauren Bonley, and I am very happy to be here to talk about the creation of the ICONS triathlon team. But mostly I'm going to talk about why such a group is needed. And I want to start with a little bit about how I got started in triathlon, because I think it uh, is one of many stories that illustrate why it is so important to keep sports fair, especially for women. So I started as a runner a long time ago, and it got me through a lot of things when I was younger. And when I switched to triathlon 12 years ago, it was very much purposefully in order to get myself through another situation. And that was that when I started my career as a software engineer, I spent really the first 11 years of my career first being intensely sexually harassed at a company where that was just baked into the culture. And when I tried to report it and get help, I was explicitly told the men doing it were more important than me so that I had to deal with it or leave. And then when I did leave, I ended up at a company where instead I was treated like a secretary instead of an engineer. And after years of this, I really felt like everywhere I go, it's gonna be like this. I'm just gonna keep getting cheated out of the career that I deserve and my self-esteem couldn't take it. I really felt like I should quit. But what I had learned earlier from running is that sports is this really beautiful place where you can go and fairness is ensured and nobody gets to sabotage you. Nobody gets to insert their subjective beliefs into it and make up a reason why you're not good at something. Because especially in racing sports, if you win a race, you are good at that and nobody can take it away from you. And I just desperately needed a place where I could actually reap the rewards that I deserved and prove to myself that I am good at things if only I am given a fair shot. And I really don't think I would be an engineer still today. And I am in a good place now. I work with the greatest group of guys now. But I don't think I would have lasted this long if I did not have the opportunity to achieve what I achieved in, in triathlon. And triathlon was perfect because it was new to me and a real challenge. And so working my way up to earning a national title and competing uh, internationally with the age group national team really served as a great distraction and balanced out all the unfairness I was facing at work day after day. And it just would have been too unbearable. And I think a lot of athletes would say that their sport helps them navigate challenges in life. And that is exactly why we do want it to be available for everyone, but it has to be fair for everyone or it stops being sport and it stops serving one of its most unique, beautiful purposes. And so that's why I take it really, really quite personally that the people in charge of triathlon and so many other sports are saying to women that no, there's actually no place you can go where men will not be allowed to cheat you. 
and where the people who are supposed to support you and make sure things are right and fair will not instead tell you that the men are more important and that he has the right to cheat you. And to me, that's what this fight is really about. It's about whether women deserve to be treated fairly or not, because if we don't deserve to be treated fairly, even in the one place in life where fairness is supposed to be ensured and upheld, what hope do we have everywhere else where women are being treated poorly and people make these excuses like that's our place and we just have to learn how to take it. And so that's why I'm really excited to form this triathlon focus group because the policies right now in triathlon are abysmal, but I'm, I'm gonna start with the good news first. Over the summer, British triathlon updated their policies and created a protected female category and then an open category for everyone else and made it very clear that harassing anyone over how they presented would not be tolerated. And it's a fantastic policy. We'd really like to see it copied everywhere else. And this was shortly after FINA also protected female swimmers. And since that's a component in triathlon, one really would have hoped that when World Triathlon announced they were taking another look at their policies, that they would have the moral fortitude to do what was right since two other groups had just done the right thing. And instead they just updated their policy in a completely meaningless, just symbolic way where they lowered the amount of testosterone a man has to stay below to compete in the women's category from five to 2.5 nanomoles per liter and increase the amount of time he has to stay below that level from one year to two years before he can switch categories. And what's interesting is they actually seem to take it quite seriously and heard from a variety of people instead of just listening to one side. And they actually heard from doctors Emma Hilton and Ross Tucker who were at the ICONS conference this summer. And if you weren't there or haven't been able to watch their presentation on YouTube yet, I really, really recommend it because they make the case just so perfectly clear that no meaningful competition can exist between males and females in sport. And that reducing testosterone is a red herring that doesn't create an even playing field. And so it's really disappointing that World Triathlon got all that information and are definitely perfectly aware that the policy that they have is allowing women to be cheated. But I think a big part of how this was able to happen is they had all of their committees look at it and the coaches and athletes committees both recommended a protected female category. And it was actually the women's committee who said that they would prefer a protected female category, but they were also open if the testosterone requirements could be more strict sometime in the future, then they would be okay with it. And so if the women's committee says it's okay, for women to be cheated, then of course, World Triathlon is going to think that it's okay for women to be cheated. And unfortunately, in the United States, we cannot count on our own governing body in triathlon to do the right thing. They are actually much worse than World Triathlon because USA Triathlon's policy is that a man does not need to take hormones or have any medical intervention whatsoever or even change his legal status. Uh, in order to compete in the women's category. All he really has to do is let them know ahead of time that that's what he wants and then provide a note from a friend that says he's genuine. 
And what I think is very different about USAT versus World Triathlon is World Triathlon, and I think a lot of the other sports federations seem to be making these policies mostly out of fear from this um, culture of intimidation that has formed around this issue. USAT, on the other hand, has made it pretty clear that they're doing this out of devout belief, that they really believe in this framework of people's feelings mattering more than what they physically are. And they've been weighing in on tra trans issues for a number of years now when they don't weigh in on any other political topic. When bathroom bills first started popping up a few years ago, their social media would comment on, on that when they really don't comment on any other political topic and they shouldn't because that's, that's not what their job, right? And I think a lot of this is coming out of their diversity, equity and inclusion committee, which really unfortunately has combined racial women's and trans goals all in one group. And it's pretty clear that the group is, is not serving women's interests at all. It's right now, it's really only serving the trans activist goals. And I think the reason that is why we see this so frequently in DEI committees and on the women's committee at World Triathlon is because of this socialization that women go through from a very early age, that we have to be nice even to people who are not being nice to us, who are not respecting us, that we have to be nice even while our rights are being taken away. And it's sad because I think sports used to be <laughs> one of the greatest tools we have for teaching girls empowerment and to stand up for themselves and to not tolerate being cheated um, and to expect to be rewarded for what they have earned. And it's so sad that we have so many women participating in turning sports into a tool that will teach girls that they are not as important as men and that women's rights really only exist up until a man says he is entitled to them. And I think it's setting us up for a future where even more women's committees will just not be equipped to actually stand up for women because they will have been too conditioned to accommodate men's desires no matter the cost to us. And so we really need to push back because it is clear that USAT is going to keep escalating and keep pushing this framework. And the latest proof we have of this is their creation of a non-binary category at age group nationals. And so the non-binary category, it is not a place for men who identify as women to compete because USAT really believes men who identify as women belong in the women's category. The non-binary category is for those who identify as non-binary, which is being both a man and a woman at the same time or neither or being fluid. <clears throat> and we're seeing this pop up more and more. The Boston Athletic Association also added a non-binary category to the Boston Marathon for next year. And the way they did it was especially egregious because they're through this category, <clears throat> they're allowing men to qualify for the Boston Marathon using the women's standards, which is a half hour behind the men's standards. And it's going to result in men having unfairly, grossly inflated qualification times. And it will result in them pushing out more deserving athletes out of the Boston Marathon. And so what USAT did was at least not that egregious. They didn't push anybody out of the national championship. But there's a lot of 
really concerning things that still come out of this. And I'll start by explaining what an age group is. It is age groups are divided by sex and then in five year increments. So I compete in the 35 to 39 female age group. And they have age groups and they have a national championship for it because they recognize if you want people to do triathlon their whole lives, then you need to separate by age so that someone in their 60s, 70s, 80s is not required to have such superior athleticism that it eclipses that the biological advantages of people in their 20s and 30s in order for them to be recognized. So they understand the purpose of these categories uh, and that that's how you foster inclusion when it comes to age but they're pretending that they don't understand this when it comes to sex. And with this non-binary category, there's not enough people who identify as it to separate by age. So it really is just a free for all. It's unisex and it's all ages. But what they've done is really just create another place for men to be recognized because men are statistically more likely to win a unisex competition and it will happen more often. And they've talked it up big time about having plans for this category, that they wanna expand it. They take it very seriously. They think it's important. And if they really see that through and that results in uh, prize money being offered, we could start seeing you know, men most of the time taking two thirds of the available prize money. And we already saw it play out this way at its very first go at this first championship. So there's two races at the age group national championship. And at the first race, there was one man in this category by himself, and he still got to stand on the podium. He still got prizes. He was still declared a national champion. And on at the second race, it was that same man competing against a female and he beat her. And so there's just no meaningful competition there. If you actually want to find out how well they either one of them did, you have to look up their actual age group and figure out where they would have placed in their age group. That should be the goal of a national championship and any race really should be to have meaningful competition and to use meaningful competition to reward and highlight exceptional athleticism. And it was very clear already just the way it worked out at this race that the only thing that was achieved by this category was to reward and highlight a belief system and to push a framework. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily appreciate just what a radical departure uh, this category is from every other category we have. Normally, we just have sex, age, weight, and disability status categories, which are all physical things because sport is a physical thing. And this really is the first time, at least that I'm aware of, that we have a category that is based on nothing but beliefs. And I would posit that beliefs really have no place in an actual competition, like the national anthem and using platforms that's, that's separate. Um, but when beliefs are literally shaping the way the competition is held and the results of the competition, I think that is really inappropriate and it inserts divisiveness into the sport. And I think it detracts from another thing that's really great about sport and that's that usually we leave our beliefs off the course and that helps us come together. 
And we only separate where we really have to, to ensure fairness, to have this purpose of fairness. And if we start dividing people because of beliefs, now we've done something really quite different and for a very different purpose. And this is also normalizing unisex competitions because at that second race, we saw a man stand above a female on the podium. And a lot of people did not seem to have a problem with that. I found it degrading and sad, uh, but a lot of people didn't have a problem with it. And females will win sometimes. I would have won the category both days if I believed I was non-binary, but I was top 10 in my age group. And the man who won this category was really 43rd in his age group. Um, so it takes a top 10 national team qualifying performance uh, on the female side. And I only barely beat him, but he's really mid-pack um, when competing against people who are meaningful competition for him. And the thing is when females do win, because when you randomly pick people, you will eventually end up with females who can beat all the men who happen to be in the group. Um, that will be used as fodder for, from people who like to make these disingenuous arguments that sex doesn't matter. They will not look at the data and see what it took for a female to beat all the men in the category. They will just cherry pick these examples and say that if, women can win sometimes, then that means it's fair. And these people are already calling for an end to gendered sport or sex segregated sport, which means women will lose. And I don't think we should underestimate their ability to do this because they've been very successful so far in getting what they want. And this is being used as the pointy end of the wedge. It creates a feeling of intimidation. At that word ceremony, I think a lot of people you know, go along with it, they clap because they don't understand um, what it really means to have a category like that. And it creates a feeling like everybody agrees with it. So you better just not say anything about the fact that they're unfairly recognizing more men than they are women at this championship and that you better not criticize it. And USAT never asked athletes about these policies. They just made them. And from my point of view, they are now just kind of pushing it and um, expecting no one to say anything. And so that's why we do need to say something um, because they've made it clear they are going to take this further. And we need to remember that women's triathlon is headed to NCAA status and men's is not because under Title IX, there's already so many more opportunities for men in college sports that when new sports come along, they can only be added for women. And so we've got a situation now where women can earn scholarships in triathlon, but men can't. But then men could compete as women without having to take any drugs or do anything. And under this framework, non-binary men are also um, get entry into women's rights as well. And we have this situation then with a you know, USAT being all about this, they want to promote this framework. And so that I think that is very concerning. <laughs> and we need to start pushing back now because I think if there are men who decide to take advantage of the rules as they are now, I don't think USAT will do the right thing. <laughs>
And so the ICONS triathlon group right now, we're small and we're working on growing. But the first thing we are doing is coming up with our own policies to replace these really sexist policies. And they are sexist because having rules where fairness for men is paramount and it's maintained, but they're spending all of this energy trying to carve out a way for men to cheat women and for men to be recognized more than women, that is sexism. And really, if there's, if there's one thing I've learned from my experience in my career, it is that it is a mistake to wait for sexism to escalate to a certain point before you start speaking up about it. So uh, we're not going to wait. Our kickoff meeting is on Monday, actually. And if anybody's interested in joining us, you can email me at arizona.wdi at gmail.com.